Welcome back to another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. It is a Don't Look Back Tuesday episode. And that means we're going to get right to what is most important to you as a listener. And that is the waiver wire ads for this week and suggestions. Starting off the top, running back slash wide receiver, because we're not really sure what position we should put him in is Cordarrelle Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons. 14 rushes for 65 yards and a touchdown. He also has seven catches on eight targets, 71 yards, one touchdown. Next up for him is the New York Giants. He's averaging 16.3 fantasy points per game. Also available in some leagues at the wide receiver position, Sterling Shepard, who has, uh, for the New York Giants, has put a comp, Posited a total of 16 catches on 19 targets, 207 yards, and a touchdown, averaging 20.9 fantasy points per game. Up next, Atlanta. You might want to consider Sterling Shepard of the New York Giants for your roster. Other wide receivers, and there are a few this week, Rondell Moore for Arizona. Uh, Over the two-week period, he has caught 11 passes on 13 targets, 182 yards, one touchdown, averaging 17.6 fantasy points per game up next at Jacksonville. How about wide receiver Zach Paschal from the Indianapolis Colts? Only 11 total targets over two weeks, but nine catches, 81 yards. But here's the stat that really carries him, three touchdowns, averaging 17.6 fantasy points per game. Up next at Tennessee, and Tennessee gave up some points in the last couple weeks, so might be a nice pickup there to add to your fantasy roster. How about K.J. Osborne for Minnesota? 15 total targets in two weeks, 12 catches, 167 yards. He got a touchdown this last week, averaging 17.4 fantasy points per game. Up next, Seattle. Wide receiver Christian Kirk is still available in some leagues out there for Arizona. Only nine total targets over two weeks, but eight catches, 135 yards, two touchdowns. Most of that work done in week one, but up next at Jacksonville. So that's a nice matchup, averaging 16.8 fantasy points per game. Somebody getting a lot of play this week at running back, Tony Pollard of Dallas. Seven carry or seven catches on seven targets for 60 yards this week. He has a total of 16 rushes for 123 yards and one touchdown, averaging 15.7 fantasy points per game. Up next, Philadelphia. Uh, I think that's a tough matchup there, but still, Tony Pollard, especially if you have Ezekiel Elliott, you might want to grab him and just start both of them because it kind of looks like maybe between the two of them, they're going to put up 30 fantasy points each week. You just don't know which one's going to be on top. That might be a question. How about James White? I suggested him last week, still available in many leagues for New England. Uh, Nine rushes for 32 yards and a touchdown. He has 12 catches on 13 targets for 94 yards. Up next, New Orleans, James White, New England, averaging 15.3 fantasy points per game. And then Tyson Williams, of Baltimore, still available in many leagues, averaging 14.8 fantasy points per game. He gets Detroit Lions next. 
Uh, 22 rushes for 142 yards and a touchdown. He's also had five catches on six targets for 45 yards. That's Tyson Williams of Baltimore. And then a few more receivers uh, we might suggest. How about Quintez Cephas for Detroit? He's only got seven catches, but 13 targets, 75 yards. But he's had a touchdown each week, averaging 14.3 fantasy points per game. Up next, Baltimore. And Baltimore's defense has given up quite a few points, so uh, especially some deep passes. So there you go. Quintez Cephas of Detroit. And then Tim Patrick of Denver is still available in many leagues. Not a lot of targets, only averaging eight over the two weeks. Uh, but seven catches, 76 yards. But again, he's had a touchdown each week, averaging 13.3 fantasy points per game. And he gets the New York Jets. Some others you might want to take a look at. Braxton Berrios, New York Jets, averaging 12.2 fantasy points per game. Darius Slayton of the New York Giants, averaging 11.9 fantasy points per game. Hunter Renfro for Las Vegas, 11.8 fantasy points per game. Nelson Aguilar, New England, 11.7 fantasy points per game. And then Sammy Watkins in Baltimore, averaging 11 fantasy points per game. At quarterback, if you're looking for a quarterback, Jared Goff still averaging 30.2 fantasy points per game, even though he had a disappointing game last night with 24.4 fantasy points. But up next, Baltimore might be a nice matchup. Derek Carr, also available in many leagues, averaging 28.6 Fantasy points per game. He is questionable, though, this week, so you want to follow that. Up next, Miami, and Miami just got shut out like 35-zip by Buffalo. Kirk Cousins, another one that could be a nice play, averaging 28.6 fantasy points per game. He gets Seattle this week. And then my favorite, Daniel Jones, 27.9 fantasy points uh, per week. Um... He was going to be going against Atlanta this week, who was torched by TB. And I'm not just saying Tampa Bay there. I'm saying Tom Brady. 276 yards, five touchdowns, 40-point fantasy, five fantasy points. Daniel Jones might be a nice sneak pickup this week for your fantasy team if you're looking to grab a quarterback. Some other things you might want to know, some injuries out there. Deontay Johnson. Uh, struggling with a knee injury, although it sounds like the news today was pretty good. LaVisca Chenault should be able to play with the shoulder. That also coming out today. Trey Sermon out with a concussion. Eli Mitchell, San Francisco, has a shoulder injury, but it sounds like he might be able to play. Jamichael Hasty, also from San Francisco, has an ankle injury, probably will not play. Jarvis Landry has a knee issue going on. Tua has a rib issue. Tyrod Taylor looks like he's out three to four weeks with a hamstring injury. Nico Collins has a shoulder injury, might not play this week. Andy Dalton, a knee injury, all that. That does not sound like it's so bad. And then Matt Nagy, of course, back there saying, if he can play, he's QB1. I don't know, Matt, you just need to move on. Carson Wentz has injuries to both ankles. Sounds a little unstable. Not sure how that's going to work out for him. Daryl Henderson injured his rib. Uh, Sounds like he might play this week, but might want to be cautious with him. And then Russell Gage has an ankle injury. And then tight end James O'Shaughnessy from Jacksonville also nursing an ankle. Some things that you need to know. How about uh, RBs with 80% of backfield touches so far this year? There's a few of them. 
Najee Harris at 94%, Joe Mixon at 90%, CMC at 86%, CEH at 85%, Delvin Cook at 85%, Derrick Henry at 84%, and Chris Carson at 82%. So all those guys should be in your lineup, although CEH is the most questionable. I might suggest that you might try to pick him up. If you could get maybe uh, rid of somebody... I'm not sure who I would say, but in my particular roster, maybe you would look at a Robbie uh, Anderson and you could pick up CEH and, you know, maybe you sit on him for a week or two. But I think before the year's over, maybe, maybe he could be that RB1 that everybody was hoping he would be this year. Uh, Jimmy G's average depth of target is 3.97 yards. Debo Samuel was number one leader for them last week for San Francisco with 48 yards. It is time for Trey Lance. Trey Lance at quarterback. Let's push for that. Robbie Anderson, just talking about him a minute ago, has the highest average air yards per target in the league at 21.8. Has not been very fruitful so far, but his counterpart, DJ Moore, is averaging 9.2. Now, last year it was the complete opposite, not really complete opposite because uh, Robbie averaged 9.6 last year. DJ was only averaging 13.4. So Robbie Anderson's probably going to have some big games down the road. It's just going to be hard to tell when they're going to happen. Another one, Cooper Cup. Target shares 38% in week one and two. If you picked up Cooper Cup in your draft, congratulations. He is looking outstanding for the LA Rams. How about week two air yard leaders? Let's cover that list for you quick. Cortland Sutton, 258. Don't give up on him. Chase Claypool, 194. Another you might not want to give up on. How about Marvin Jones at 175? AJ Brown, 172. Brandon Cooks, 171. Devontae Smith, 168. Tyler Lockett, 162. Mike Evans boosted himself up this week with 161. Michael Pittman also rebounded with 147. And then Deontay Johnson with 132, which is actually high for him. High for him. So if that injury is not bad, maybe, maybe he comes back. Not really sure. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, running back share week one was 78.6%. Week two, 55.2%. His target share, though, which was only 3.5% week one, went up to 7.4% week two. We'll take that positive for Ezekiel Elliott. Here's one. I told you so. Derrick Henry, 35 rushes, 182 yards, three TDs, right? Six catches for 55 yards. If he can continue to do that every week, uh, going to definitely be RB1 before the end of this year. And what I told you so was that he would definitely rebound from last week's poor episode based on previous stats from last year, right? And it happened. So I'm going to take credit for that one. How about Tyree Kill? Less than six fantasy points in uh, PPR league scoring this last week. That is just the fourth time since 2017 out of 69 games, not counting games with injuries, that he has done that. Tyree Kill, less than six fantasy points. I think you're safe. Another one that will probably rebound in a big way. 
next year. I was wrong. I have to admit when I'm wrong. I had a question last week from one of my listeners about Marquise Brown versus Jarvis Landry. So I went to Fantasy Pros because Fantasy Pros has this expert uh, app that you can plug the players in and they give you what the experts recommend, right? And the experts recommended 97% of them that they would play Landry because of the matchup versus Marquise Brown in Baltimore. 97% chose Landry. Marquise Brown ended up with six catches, 113 yards. I think maybe he might just want to be a plug-and-play for you from here on out because it looks like Lamar Jackson is going to get him the ball. I was wrong. I apologize for that poor advice. Didn't help that Landry got hurt like on the second or third or fourth play of the game either. How about Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette? Do you want to talk about them? I do, just because I think it's crazy that their coach continues to go back and forth. Ronald Jones is going to be my RB1. He was. He got to carry the ball on the first play of the game, and that was it. I mean, he only had six carries for 27 yards. He only had 23 snaps total for the game. That is not RB1 territory. Hello, coach. Leonard Fournette, not much better. 11 carries, 52 yards. Four catches, 24 yards on 31 snaps. I'd get rid of both of them. I wouldn't play any of them. Get rid of them. And then last but not least, I have some other information that I'm going to go over in just a second. I'm going to pause for a second, and then I'm going to come back with a little portion for you um, that's going to help you out, hopefully, for this next upcoming week and also cover our over, over 40 club for last week. I'm going to take a pause, and I'll be right back. Hold tight. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. Okay, so we're back at it, and yes, it's not your fault. It is not your fault if Travis Kelsey went off on Sunday night and scored 20-some points, and you ended up losing by six or eight points. It's not your fault. If your kicker couldn't get you seven total points on Monday Night Football, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. If you put up the second most points in your fantasy football league only to lose to the team who put up the most fantasy points in your league, it's not your fault if in that particular game the other player had Aaron Jones, TJ Hawkinson, and Robert Tanyan. It's not your fault. So you have to move on. You have to move on. Which brings me to my next subject. Teams that start 2-0 since 1990, 255 of them, or 62.7% of those teams make the playoff and also won 19 of the past 31 Super Bowls. So what I'm saying is in fantasy football, if you start 2-0, I believe your chance of making the playoffs is probably very similar to that 62.7%. So if you're 2-0, after the first two weeks of fantasy football, congratulations. And don't stop doing what you're doing. And also, make sure you 
try to continue to control the things you can control to make your team better and keep moving in that direction. If, however, you have started 0-2, teams that start 0-2, 258 of them, only 30 of them, which is 11.6%, make the playoffs. Only three went on to win the Super Bowl. That would be the Cowboys in 93, the Patriots in 2001, and the New York Giants in 2007. And of the 26 playoff spots the last two years, zero of them started 0-2. So what I'm telling you is if in fantasy football you have started 0-2, the chance of making the playoffs are very, very slim. I may actually even look up these numbers over the next couple of years and share them with you next week. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe. Not sure, but I might. So, if you started 0-2, you might want to look at making a shake-up or two. You might want to look at making a trade or two. Remember to control what you can control. So, if you have a weakness, if it's a kicker, replace them. If it's a defense, replace them. If it's the quarterback who's averaging the 25th most points in fantasy football, you may want to try something different this week to get your team back on track. I'm sure the numbers change drastically if you can get your team back to two and two. So that's my ask of you this week for your fantasy football team. Next, I wanna talk about our over 40 club this year. So week one, we only had Kyler Murray at 42.6%, 42.6 fantasy points. This week, we had four additions to our over 40 club, and a new leader in the clubhouse, which happens to be Derrick Henry with 47.7 fantasy points behind his 35 rushes for 182 yards, his six receptions on six targets for 55 yards, and his three rushing TDs. That was a great performance for Derrick Henry, and congratulations if you had him on your team. I also know for a fact that there was a team out there that had him and lost. Sorry. Remember, it's not your fault. How about Aaron Jones of Green Bay? He comes in with 41.5 fantasy points, 17 rushes, 67 yards, one touchdown. But this is the big one right here. Six targets, six catches, 48 yards, and three receiving TDs. So four total touchdowns. Congratulations if you had Aaron Jones on your roster. Next, our first two-time player on the over 40 club, Kyler Murray, follows week one with a week two performance of 41.1 fantasy points, 400 passing yards, three TDs. He did throw two interceptions, but 80.6 completion percentage. He also ran the ball for 31 rushing yards and one touchdown. So congratulations if you have Kyler Murray on your roster. And if you had him on your roster and lost, which I happen to know a team that did this this week, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. How about Tampa Bay's Tom Brady? He makes the list. 40.6 fantasy points, 276 passing yards, five touchdowns. 
and zero interceptions. That is really good, really good stat line right there. And 66.7% completion percentage. Congratulations if you have Tom Brady on your roster. I also know a team that has Tom Brady on his roster and Rob Gronkowski, and he hasn't played them either in week one or week two. That is your fault. That is your fault. So there we go. Wrapping up another another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. Remember, if you have any questions, send me an email at S-O-N-D-A-Z-E with Jeff Miller at gmail.com. Play nice, love your neighbor, and most of all, have fun. That's it. Bye.